Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need to come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 13-5 and after losing to number 15, Oklahoma, 59-65. to J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, free throws killed them. Offensive rebounding killed them. Um, I feel like Oklahoma did a good job of making them one shot and done. And then when the Bearcats, I will say, like, it sounds crazy, but the first five minutes when the Bearcats were only up 4-0, I knew it was going to be a hell of a game. I mean, of course, it's Oklahoma, but it was one of those things. They were forcing me to miss a lot of shots, and we were missing a lot of easy shots. I feel like it should have been – they should have been up anywhere from eight to 14 points to zero and making Oklahoma kind of have to dig down. And then they were only down four. And I think that kind of helped ease the pain because I feel like the Bearcats came out defensively. They were on fire and they just they didn't um, execute enough on offense, missed a lot of easy shots and it ended up burning them at the end. Plus, you know, free throws as well. But in the rebounding, but I think they could have had a, such a nice cushion that it could have had um, Oklahoma behind the eight ball and end up burning them. Yeah, it's kind of weird, JT. Like at, at one point, I looked at my friend that was that was with me at the game, Brandon Robinson. I was like, "Are we up more?" Like, yeah. I was like, "Is that score right?" <laughs> you know how it's yeah. like, like AU game where it's like, "Man, that guy didn't put this. Hey, that's the, that's not the right score." But it just I don't know. It felt weird at first. Yeah, because they outplayed, especially the first 20 minutes, it was a tie ball game. And if you yeah. watched it, you would have, I mean, the Bearcats clearly outplayed them. And, but they were letting them off the hook, you know what I mean? And ended up burning them in these games. It just shows how good this team is, but it shows how the margin for error, you know, can burn you. Because, I mean, again, this was a definitely a winnable game. And they were battling to the end, but. You let them off the hook, a team like Oklahoma is going to make you pay for it, and they did. Yep. Neil, thoughts on the performance? Yeah, I thought the performance was, like JT said, I thought they kind of came out a little lackadaisical after the 4-0 run. I thought they could have really extended that lead a little bit more and really built that cushion and made Oklahoma play from behind. But the 2-3 zone just gave them a lot of troubles. It seemed like Oklahoma's length and their physicality was what really threw – a lot of wrinkles at the Bearcats offense, but it was a great sight to see Seamus Lukosius have a huge first half. I thought that was a great sight to see. Uh, he finished with 13 points in the first half, but only finished with four in the second half. So that was a huge difference. But as JT mentioned, the rebounding was the difference of this one. I mean, you get out rebounded, I believe it was 42 to, I think it was 42 to 36, if I'm looking at it right. Yeah, 40, 36 to 42, so you get out-rebounded for the second straight game. Uh, that's something that you thought the Bearcats could have used to their advantage with their size, with Victor Locke and Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds. And I thought, I even said it going into this one, I thought this could have been a game where Jamil Reynolds could have made that impact there. I thought he matched up well with Hughley and the physicality there of the Oklahoma bigs. I thought this was a game where Jamil Reynolds could have a one of those, like maybe 10 in – 10 and six kind of nights or a 12 and seven, but he started out really well. He had the three, the three quick dunks for six quick points. And then after that, he went kind of cold on the offensive end. I mean, he only had two rebounds. He was continuing to get beat on the glass there as well. So that was a huge difference maker in this one, but man, John Newman stepped up big again. I was really, really proud of his performance in the second half. I thought he willed the Bearcats when they needed it the most. And that's something he's been able to do over the last few games. Uh, we know what he gets on the defensive end, but seeing him develop that offensive game, becoming more aggressive as well, has been a great sight to see for the Bearcats, especially with C.J. Frederick out. So overall, there was a lot of positives to take away. But 
as JT mentioned, free throws continue to haunt the Bearcats. You lose three games now in Big 12 play by a combined nine points, and you're looking at the free throw splits from some of them, and you're shooting just roughly 50, 55% from the line. That's not going to cut it in Big 12 play, unfortunately, and this was another game where Oklahoma went 16 from 18 from the line, and UC went 14 for 22, and that was the difference maker in this one, if you ask me. So there's just, there's a lot of positives, and then there's a, quite a bit of negatives to take away from this one. Now, hey, Neil, let, let's jump back to your comment regarding or comments regarding Jamil. You know, he did have two rebounds. Um, I, I, I wish – I wish he would rebound more, um, be more effective on the glass. Those two rebounds that he had were very important rebounds. Like the one was a crucial rebound at a crucial time, um, and he had to really fight for it. But I, I feel like we need him. If, if he – I don't expect – he didn't have to do a tremendous amount of great things on offense, just, just be physical down there, give us a post back-to-the-basket presence. But – He's got to rebound the basketball for us, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be a huge reason. I mean, he has all the talents and attributes in the world to be a very dominant front court player there in the post. But if they can't get any more rebounds out of him, it's it's going to be a different different outcome potentially. I mean, Odie Oguama didn't even play in this matchup for fans wondering. So Jamil took all the minutes from Odie here in the Oklahoma matchup. So and even then, like, if you can get him to get some more rebounds, I'd be fantastic. But he's got to find a way to slip around those box outs and get some rebounds because looking at those physical matchups, I mean, we're heading down the Big 12 stretch. It's gonna, it's only going to get tougher, and people are, teams are going to start realizing that, like, hey, if they can put two on him or find a way to make somebody else beat the rebound, it's going to be a different game. But with his size and physicality, the Bearcats are needing – him to be able to be effective on the glass in order to be successful down Big 12 play. And you, you, you made a – I'm glad you brought that up. You, uh, Odie didn't play at all. Uh, Jamil has taken the minutes from Odie. I, and, you know, listen, we, we know that in order to play in the Big 12 and be successful, uh, Odie's probably not going to play 20-plus minutes. It's not going to happen. However, I do feel there are games in Big 12 play where Odie can have an impact – even if it's even if it's energy effort, um, you know, if, if we're going through a dry spell and, and West sees the energy getting low, Odie's a guy you could throw in, man, just for a couple minutes, get the get the team pumped up, you know, get some big rebounds, dive on the floor, do something. So and I feel bad for Odie because man, he's just such a positive kid. And I, I feel like since he's been here, he's helped us in a lot of ways and, and played important minutes and done things to, to help us win in the past. And obviously now we've got a lot more talent and he's kind of the odd man out, but I would love to see Odie get some, get some minutes here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And he's one of those guys. I mean, for the Bearcats fans that are listening the last few years, he's been known as the energizer bunny because of how much energy he brings. And head, as you mentioned, Meech heading down to big 12 play, they're going to need somebody to come in and spark that energy, whether it's a guy like Odie Aguama or somebody else. They're going to need somebody to provide some sort of energy down the stretch, especially in the best basketball conference in America in the Big 12. No question. Uh, so a couple um, thoughts I have. I thought the, the Bearcat fans, from, the, from an energy standpoint, to start the game, it was electric. It was really loud in there. I, I thought the crowd did a nice job. I thought the fans were engaged. Um, like you said, Neil, I was glad to see CMOS kind of start to turn the corner a little bit. Um, it must've been that hug I gave him at practice. I told you I was going to give him a hug. Um, so that, that hug might've helped. Um, obviously free throws, um, once again, plague us, but I, I, I want to say this and, and JT, I want to bring you in on this a little bit. I was talking to a couple Bearcat fans on the way out and they were really complaining a lot about, the, the, the lack of, of free throw making and do, do the Bearcats even practice free throws? And yes, they practice free throws, but <laughs> here, here's the issue. And JT, you know this. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to make a free throw in practice. It's another to make it in a high pressured situation. And there, there are several things in play when you're in a game. One, time, score, yeah. 
You've got 12,021 or whatever, 12,012 in the stands. Um, It's you're playing the number 15 team in the country. There's there's pressure involved in those. And they're they're still young people. Yeah, for sure. They definitely practice. Like it doesn't have to improve, but it's not like it's not of lack of not doing it, of lack of not doing it. It's just sometimes, man, game reps are different than practice reps. Trust me. Mm hmm. You know that, Meech, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, in practice, they go exactly how you plan it. You tell a kid to do something, they do it exactly. You say, oh, we down two. I need you to make two free throws. They drain them both, right? Boom, boom. Get in the game, they might split. Or they might miss both of them things. You know what I'm saying? So that's how it go. But it does have to get better just because they're playing in a hell of a conference. I think last year they could have got away with it. You know, if they were in the AAC this year with how much talent they have, it would get away with it. But, you know, we're with the big dogs now. So, yep. um, it is what it is, man. I mean, just look, Kansas just lost to West Virginia. Who had right. that on their bingo, bingo card? Right? Nobody. Um, nobody, right? So, the thing is, the Bearcats, no matter how you take it, even with the free throw shooting, getting out rebound in the last two games, these guys could t- honestly be 5-0. and Yep. I mean, even with this loss, they could have been five and zero. Like I watched the game with my friends, and I mean, they were like, "Damn, I don't know how they lost." You know what I mean? Like they knew how they lost, but it was like they were competing with this team. They're not scared. You could tell they weren't scared. They were battling against a top twenty team. So it was like, I mean, they showed they belong. It's just it hurts because they're getting so close. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, that's, what it is. that's exactly what it is. It's so close. That's what it is. It's, so everybody's nitpicking. I understand. Like. I do that with my kids sometimes. Like when it's close, like look, you I'm like all right, that kid messed up, but what could you have done better? You know what I mean? Just so yep. it's like so to, to bring them back to reality, um, even if they play great. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you always can work. You know what I mean? So that's the thing, and um, that's what hurts because the Bearcats are playing so well, and I don't think people expected them to compete like this in the Big Twelve immediately. So that's the the yin and the yang of it. It's like Damn, they are two and three in the conference, but they can easily be five and zero. Oh. And who thought of a team that you know was maybe second tier in the AAC coming to the best basketball conference in the in college, and now they're, they're holding their own? Yeah, you know what? So a couple things about what you just said. So yep. one of the fans that I was talking to after the game, he and I are good friends. Before the season started, he told me he goes, "Man." The Big 12's loaded. We're going to get blown out every game. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be happy if we're just competitive and in the game. So now, fast forward to now, after the game, now that, that he made that comment before the season. So yep. after the last game, he's telling me he's complaining about this and that. And I'm like, wait a minute. You told me we had no <laughs> chance. We've been competitive in every game in Big 12, and now you're complaining about this and that. And I'm like, you told me you'd be happy if we were competitive. Where's that? He's like, yeah. no, but, but no. I'm like, no, nah, you changed up what you said, man. It's like, so be disappointed, but but also understand this is a marathon, man. Yeah. Be ready. Because, you know, you, JT, you said it earlier this year. When you look at this schedule, there's so many quad one, like tough games. Yeah. Got to win a couple here and there, get in the tournament. Anything happens. Yep. Just go on. Like, if the Bearcats, they show they could do it, barring anything crazy, they could just go on a three to four game winning streak. Right? Yep. They'll be gravy. Everything will work out. It'll work out. I'm telling you. They're just going on a three to four game winning streak. You know, if they could just start winning three out of four the rest of the year, and then maybe have them, I mean, you're going to have maybe a time where you're going to lose a couple in a row because it's just the Big 12. But, they could piece it together like that. They'll make it, man. I'm telling you, eight to eight to ten wins in this conference. You you might you you probably gonna make it. Yeah, like and I think out they, of the eight. And people don't realize that the Bearcats have had the hardest start of this conference schedule than any other team in the conference. I mean, yeah. it's, and you have six. They straight, could be five and zero. Oh. They could be five and zero oh with that with that start, start conference play with top twenty five opponents, which is the most. Since 1994, 30 years. Yeah. So, I mean, you have the opportunity where you could be sitting 5-0 and here heading into Kansas. But, I mean, just look about it. 
you're sitting two and three right now, and you have, and that's first top 25 opponents left and right. So yeah. there's obviously some things to be working on, but with how fans are reacting, you're looking down at this gauntlet of a schedule. I mean, heck, you never know what could happen in the Big 12. I mean, by next week, UCF could become ranked by when they come to fifth third arena. You just never know. And I, and I think, and Neil, I think most, I think most fans get it, and they're and they're, they're riding with how they're doing, but. I think people are just they're they're disappointed because like JT said we're so close. Mm-hmm. Like they just want the passionate fans just want the Bearcats to get over that hump, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean let, let, let's look at it. Simas, who is a very capable shooter, free throw maker, sh- shoot the ball very well. I've watched him in practice, knock down free throw after free throw after free throw. Shit, he goes to the line. He misses the front end. That's like missing two. Yep. Right. And then he missed. Uh, I think he the next time. I think he made the first, missed the second. So essentially, yep. he missed three free throws at the end yep. of the day. Yeah. So, and this is a capable. I mean, he's not a bad free throw shooter. He's capable. Nope. So, I I get it from the fan standpoint. Um, but but my message to everyone is, hey, let's think about that marathon. Are you going to be happy if this team gets in the tournament, makes a run, and start to figure it out? Absolutely, and yeah. and they show that they can they can do it. We're competing with all five of these teams. Why can't we? Why can't we do that in NCAA tournament? Exactly. Exactly. If health health stays cool, that's it. And they just got to keep piecing together a couple of wins here and there. They can keep doing that. They'll be all right, man. I mean, they're giving me hope. Because, I mean, keeping it real, I mean, like I said, I, I keep going back to this. After Dayton game, I was like, I don't know. I know they got the talent to do it, but it's just like they hadn't showed it on paper. Or not on paper, but shown it, you know, live. So, I was like, uh-oh, you know. But yeah. since I, I, then. JT, JT, sorry to interrupt you. I So, yep. I went back. I, Dayton was the game for me. Like, yep. that had me worried. I was real nervous. After that, I talked to Neil after that. I was like, man, I don't know. That was, in my opinion, that was the game that was like, ugh, don't yep. look. Like, it, it just, it, you had a bad feeling. But, yeah. And, and to your point, man, health health is the key. Um, Hey, JT, one thing I want to throw in real quick, too. Go man, forward. Dan Skillings giveth and Gan- Dan Skillings taketh away. Like, he gives us these great yeah. games, and then he hits us with this this past game and but yep. but and that's not i'm not knocking dan it's part of his maturation process yep. and growth as a player we're gonna yep. get that folks because they're young some of them are, i mean dan is moving in a different position i mean not position but i mean he's going up to totem pole this year right and then sometimes he's going to give you great games sometimes he's going to be up and down but i think he's what i'm liking about it is he's doing it against top tier competition yep. and so like you know, most people were like oh well you had 15 and 10 against stetson or you know what i mean they're like downgrading it but when you when you give when you give out 20 ball to the baylor that whole weight you yep. know you got 10 against um i think texas he had double digits yeah 30 and 10 versus nku yeah but it was like the nku one they still gonna be like oh, i was nku so it's like yep. you know what i mean no disrespect to NKU, they're great. They're very, very good mid-major team. But when you're the Bearcats, you get held at a higher, higher level. You think of the greats of the Steve Logans, the the Leonard Stokes, the you know what I mean, uh, James Weiss, the Max Seals, and you know stuff like that. So it's kind of it's harder. It's 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 a harder grade um, per se. But I think he's moving in the right direction. But like you said, it's, it's giving and taking. But I think he's moving in the right direction, and I also want to give props. Um, not like he's not scoring a lot of points, but if you would have told me that Josh Reed was going to be like a defensive stopper type guy mm-hmm. and super solid at the beginning of the year, I didn't. I, I would. I didn't. I wouldn't have got that right. Yeah. You know what I, I'm saying? I was. But I he, was. Thinking, I was thinking. I was thinking at one point this season, Josh Reed was going to be where Odie is right now. Me too. Yep. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. I thought he was gonna be there, but um he, he stepped up, man. He's he's taking his time and just keep building and he's playing, he plays great defense, he's energy guy, can make a three. 
um, shooting shooting open shots. Um, I want him to when he drives, I want him to be more aggressive and shoot for himself sometimes. Because sometimes I think he's just like trying to be such a team guy. He's being too unselfish and making maybe a rough play. I think he might have put was that that game or was it TCU that he kind of put T, um, Odie in it? Not Odie, but he put uh, Z's in like a terrible position. He should have just shot it so. Um, but yeah, but I think he's playing great. And no, I don't, nobody thought saw that coming, like how he's playing, especially on the defensive end. Well, this team needs to be ready because the Bearcats take on the number two team in the country, Kansas, on Monday at 9 p.m. in Lawrence, Kansas. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, let's see if you get this right. Probably not. Who should we look out for <laughs> from the Bearcats? Sorry, I mean, it's a Damn, man, kiss of death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say uh, CJ Anthony, man. He's going to come off the game. <laughs> you follow yeah, you know. I'm sorry, we don't mean to laugh. It's it's not CJ. Yeah, it's just, my guy. CJ give you give buckets though. I like CJ, but I'm just saying, like somebody that don't play, like I don't know, man. Like um, I'm gonna go with Aziz Bandego because I okay. feel like he's gonna be re- real key against the big man for Kansas, and he can't really get in foul trouble. He has to do good in, on the glass, so I think he needs like a double double type game. Uh, deter some shots and then hopefully he can get dickinson in in foul trouble besides the opposite you know what i mean so we'll see we'll see what happens okay I, I, that's a, I, I was not expecting you sometimes like for those that listen to the podcast sometimes we talk about different things we're going to talk about on the podcast but for this one we did not talk about this yeah so i was trying to guess what you might say and i wasn't expecting disease but i like it so yeah we'll- We'll see how that goes. Uh, Neil, what do we need to watch out for from Kansas? This should be pretty easy. Yeah, as many people know, Kansas is surrounded by a lot of talent there. But it starts with Hunter Dickinson in the front court. He was the number one player in the transfer portal this offseason for a reason. Seven foot two center, averaging 18 points a game and 11 rebounds, a walking double or 19 points and 11 rebounds. So he's a walking double double. He's coming off a season where he saw ups and downs throughout his junior season at Michigan. I mean, he still averaged 18.5 points a game last season, but he's shooting 60% from the field right now. And that's something the Bearcats are going to have their hands full with in the paint. But this is a matchup where that it could kind of play in the Bearcats' favor, if you ask me. I mean, Hunter Dickinson can do a lot of different things. I mean, he's seven foot two, 280 roughly there in the paint. So he's got the size, the physicality. Uh, He's a great rebounder, but he can also really pour it on offensively. I mean, he's a 43% three-point shooter at seven foot two. So, I mean, that's something you don't see often. Hey, Uh, Neil, Neil, I want to stop you real quick. You made me think of something. JT, I need you to chime in on this. I'm glad you brought that up, Neil. So, um, at practice the other day, um, after practice, Aziz was practicing the top of the key three-pointers. He made like five out of eight. He gets in the game <laughs> versus Oklahoma. <laughs> and I'm yelling, yes. <laughs> and then everybody, everybody looks at me. I'm like, bro, he made like five of eight at practice the other day. Man. <laughs> that, he looked like, oh, man. And hey, when he shot that one, it was crazy. I was like, oh. I, well, see, it was like, I a, saw it was like a glitch. I saw, it he did. pulled it right away. I think he thought to, but I saw him make him in practice. And then, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. Because I, I was like, uh, Neil's probably <laughs> never seen it. But, you know, in Coming to America, <laughs> when uh, Eddie Murphy jumps up at the Knicks game. And so that was, that was, yes. I'm like, yes. yes. It's halftime. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what do you sit your ass down, man? man sit down. It's halftime. Oh, oh, that's my favorite part of the game. <laughs> My bad, Neil. Go ahead. No, you're good. But Hunter Dickinson is obviously the key player to watch. I mean, he's one of the two Wooden Award nominees, midseason award watch list for Kansas. So he he provides a a lot of different weapons down there for Kansas. But this is also a Kansas team where outside of Hunter Dickinson, if you can get him in foul trouble, they really have no depth 
at that center position outside of him because everyone who has watched Kansas, their rotation is super small. And even though they hit the portal hard this offseason, they bring in the kid from Townsend who's not what was advertised. I mean, he's really struggling this season. So they're really relying on Hunter Dickinson. And then you add KJ McCuller in that list or Kevin McCuller in that list. And I mean, Kevin McCuller is just like Hunter Dickinson, a Wooden Award midseason watch list nominee, which is given to the top basketball player in the country uh, annually for college basketball. But Kevin McCuller is averaging 20 points a game, six and a half rebounds, five assists. I mean, a six foot six guard that can really do it all. He can facilitate for others. But really, this is, I mean, if you're asking me, I think that's the matchup that John Newman gets this week, just because the size and everything kind of plays to what Newman is able to do. But they're going to have to find a way to keep those two off the boards. Because if you can find ways to keep those two contained, I mean, you're in great hands. You can make somebody else beat you. But they have a very talented backcourt, Dewan Harris, KJ Adams, Kevin McCuller. They are a very talented team, top to bottom in their starting five. And then they go with a six or seven man rotation. And that's all Bill Self has right now in the six or seven rotation. So overall, I mean, it, it's going to be a challenge containing Hunter Dickinson. Everybody knows that. I mean, but this is another thing I was talking to some people about earlier. I mean, you look down at our roster and I don't think Kansas has seen a team that has had that much height in the front court to really compete with Hunter Dickinson. I mean, you look down at Z's Bandego's seven foot long wingspan. Victor Locken right there at seven foot as well, roughly. Jamil Reynolds is a big body post player who really matches the physicality and could really take some of the brunt force off uh, from Hunter Dickinson. So this is a matchup where in the front court, it, it's going to be interesting to watch, but they just can't let Hunter Dickinson go and score 10 points in the first six, seven minutes of this game, or it could be a long night. Now, I'll give my opinion for who needs a big game for the Bearcats. I'm going to go with Victor Locken here. And I think this is the game where he comes back out of the shell for the Bearcats. Cause I like, I mean, personally, I like the matchup. I really do. I think Victor Locken is a physical defender. I think he can really play well with Hunter Dickinson and really kind of contain him on the defensive aspect. I mean, Victor had five blocks versus Oklahoma on the weekend. I mean, he set the tone early on the defensive end. I mean, I think the first three possessions, three or four possessions versus Oklahoma, they all had blocks and two of them were Lockins and one was diseases. So overall, I like the physicality there in the front court. I think the Bearcats have that physicality and that depth at the center position that Kansas doesn't have. But what scares me about Kansas is their high-powered offense, and this game is at Allen Fieldhouse. And as we've talked about on this podcast, it is extremely hard to win at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. I hope Vic does have a bounce-back game. I hope you're right, Neil. I need to give Vic a hug um, so he can have a bounce-back game. But you know what time it is. Speaking of game. It's everybody's favorite game. All right, Neil. So listen, a um, couple podcasts ago, you got off really easily, right? You got off easy. Well, unfortunately, for this game with Kansas, there was like zero names on that roster, like zero names. So what we're going to do, because we didn't start the name game until later in the season. Neil, I need you to go to Detroit Mercy's roster. Now, if you remember, we played Detroit Mercy early in the season. I can't remember, JT, what game it was. If it was the second or third game of the, the year or whatever. So, Neil, I need you to go to Detroit Mercy's roster. All right, I'm there. <laughs> you there? Yeah. Okay. All right, I need you to go to number 23. Number 23 is Eduardo Del Cadia. Mm, mm. Not bad, not bad. Number 33, old Scotty Pippen number. Number 33 is Oton Jankovic. Mm, you've been practicing. I didn't even tell you about this. So you, this is like, yeah. you had no time. This is a curveball. And... The greatest number of all time, number 41. Tobin Shawanaki. Mm, say that last name again. Shawanaki. Mm, Shawanaki. JT did pretty good. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm yeah. Honestly, honestly, I'm really disappointed that Kansas doesn't have any. Yeah. 
foreign players with some substantive names. No, I know that made it too easy. Yeah, they're they're messing up the name game. I know McDowell. That ain't a bad name, but I just thought about uh, coming to America. (laughs) 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 McDowell. Is is coming to America the greatest comedy of all time? It's got to be to me. I think it's number one. For sure. You know why I say it's number one? When you think of trash, think of me. <laughs> so that's the reason I think it's the greatest is because there's so many quotables. Yeah. There's sure. so many quotables. Like, remember when that movie came out? Like, the next week, everyone was quoting that movie. Everywhere yeah, you went at school. Yeah, that movie was next level. Neil, have you seen Coming to America? I have not. I'm a young guy. Young guy. I haven't oh, seen man. it. But you ever heard of it? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, that's part of your job is to you're in a hotel right now in Lawrence, correct? Correct. Okay, you got we, I can see you on TV. You got two beds back there. Anyway, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you to watch Coming to America. You've got a little downtime, okay? I got yeah. you. I got you. I'm not JT. I don't know if he'll get everything. I don't know if he'll. What? Oh no! Still gotta watch it though. You gotta watch it. It's just, it's just a classic. Yeah, still gotta watch it. He might not get it though, but he still gotta watch it, man. So many great jokes in that movie. The big old segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right, so um, I know I've been getting it wrong, but uh, no, actually, I picked Cmos last game, right? I'd say, right? Yeah, I picked Cmos yeah, last. Yeah, he did. He did. I'd say for the most part, he he. He lived up to that, I think, especially the, the, the first part of the game. First half, he was, yeah, he really was, he was, he was cooking the first half. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm going this game, I'm going with Jizzle James. Mm. Um, big game, James. Um, <laughs> because, well, one, I think, um, the, the bigger the game, I feel like he wants to step up and play really well. And I could see this being a game where he, really steps up and uh, a couple side notes on Jizzle. Um, you know, his dad has been in town um, and his dad had a lot of conversations with him, um, giving him, you know, thoughts and feedback and, and advice. And I think that's, it's, it's one thing if you're, if your dad, well, obviously you got to listen to your dad. If that's your dad, right. Hall of Famer, um, especially from a, a sports mentality, like that's a good guy to probably listen to, but, it's one thing to talk to him on phone. It's another thing to see him face to face and get that fatherly advice. And um, I know his dad was doing that while he was here in town. Um, and, and my second side note is, <clears throat> you know, while I was at practice on Friday, um, Gizzle, I mean, I stayed probably about an hour after practice. And for that hour, I was there 45 minutes of that. Gizzle was on the court working on his game after practice. And Wes said something to me while we were sitting there and talking. Wes said, we literally have to shut him down because if we don't, he won't stop. Like he'll be out here all night. And, and yeah, he's like, and we've got like games the next day and he's just wired like that. You've got to, you've got to shut him down. That's, that's part of, that's also part of the uh, maturation process for a guy like Jizzle. You yeah. love ethic but you don't want to grind so much you grind yourself out yeah yeah mentally and physically right yeah. you start to overthink things um but I'm, I'm gonna say this and i'm gonna segue out of this i i do think jizzle has a very good chance of being a pro when it's all said and done and i think i noticed that more at practice on friday than i ever have just a standpoint of obviously his physicality is going to keep getting stronger and stronger as game's going to continue to improve. Um, and then it's just his mentality. Um, yeah. JT, I think he could be a pro. Yeah, I see it. And he's not scared. Like the thing is like, he, I mean, the Xavier game was enough. I mean, the power game, but then I feel like the Xavier game was the one I was like, Oh, this dude just don't, he don't care. And it's not like a bad don't care, but he's like, I don't care who in front of me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm coming for you. And some people, guys, some people don't. And he's one of the people that have it, has it. He's gonna nothing but get better. 
And then like right now, I don't think his numbers have been jumping off the off the table, but the last like against TCU, he had four assists and no turnovers in that game. The last time that people probably like 12 minutes of play, too. Yeah. Which is crazy. So it was like he was making the right plays. He did a lot of good things. I thought he played good against, you know, uh against Oklahoma. Um, but I mean, he's just a guy that I mean, he has a super high ceiling, and I hope he's a Bearcat for a while. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Ooh, man. Ooh. All right. All right. I'm a broken record, man. Um I think okay, so it's adding one thing into it. I think they have to keep the rebounding. If they lose, they can't lose by more than three rebounds. I think that's fair. And then they got to keep their turnovers down because um, the field house gets crazy. So they got to keep it under thir- twelve turnovers. And if they turn it over, throw it out of bounds. Nothing in bounds. You know what I mean? Like throw that damn thing up to the Raptors. You're gonna mess up. Like. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't no lie about turnovers because I just know that place is going to get stupid if you're doing, doing that. Um, I think they have to free throws. I pointed that out last game, but I think the one thing they have to shoot timely threes. I don't think, but I, I don't want them hunting the three without trying to get into the paint first. Hmm. If that makes sense, because we're not like the best three point shooter, we're, we're streaky. So I think they have to attack, make that defense collapse, and then get a three off of it that way, or off very good ball movement. So they shoot between 32 and 34% from three. That, that's a key. That'd be clutch. But it's hope they're not just firing them up. It's crazy because I feel like everybody plays against the play zone against the Bearcats. Yeah. Now, now, JT, I need you to be honest with me. I need you to, um, as we say in uh, 2024, keep it 100. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You think, you think the Bearcats can really win this basketball game at Kansas? All right. At first, I said no. But after losing to West Virginia, even that was on a roll. That was on a roll. On a roll. But it's either going to be all good or all bad for the Bearcats. Mm. It ain't gonna be no in between. Okay. And what I mean by that is either Kansas is in a bad spot and they're just gonna have they're on their bad spot, bad run, and the Bearcats are gonna be able to take advantage, or they're not gonna be able to, and like self is gonna get them to turn it around ASAP and the Bearcats will lose by double digits. Okay. Okay. So it's gonna be either or it's gonna be either it's either the Bearcats win or they lose by 10 to 13. So you don't you don't foresee a close game at the end. No, that's that's the bear, only way it's a close game is the Bearcats win. <clears throat> okay. Because I yeah. think they're gonna either be they're either gonna either Kansas is gonna be licking their wounds and not overlook UC, and that's gonna be good for UC, or they come out there and they're like playing balls to the wall and then pause, oh. and we in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna be either or. Cause I wish I was hoping that they would beat West Virginia <laughs> personally. Yeah. You yep. know what I mean? Cause now he's gonna have tape to be like, look, and this team is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, so it's yeah. gonna be crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, man, they could beat Kansas. That'd be man. Shit. And we keep we keep saying this. It's the biggest win of of, of the West Miller era. But if he beat Kansas at Kansas. Man, have to move move stuff around. No question. And and remember, Neil, Neil said he thinks the Bearcats can win at Kansas. Neil, yeah, I, I still agree on that statement that I said a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, you're standing reason, on business. You're standing on business, Neil. I'm standing on business <laughs> with it. And the reason I say that is because of the front court. I mean, if you can get you have Aziz Mandego back healthy, if you can get solid minutes out of Jamil Reynolds. If you can get a great night out of Victor Locke, and I think they complement each other really well. And I think they can, I really think that the front court could give a guy like Hunter Dickinson some trouble. But I mean, everybody knows 
Hunter Dickinson's gonna get at least 15. Like that's no gimme. That's that's the gimme of Hunter Dickinson. Like he's averaging 18 and 11 a night. But if you can find a way to keep him off the glass, especially the offensive end, that that's a huge thing. So for me, the key takeaways is you got to find a way to keep Hunter Dickinson in Kansas off the offensive boards. So if you can win the battle of the glass, that's huge. But you got to keep them off the offensive boards because that's what makes Kansas a great team. But for that as well, you got to keep the turnovers up. JT said 12. I'll go with 11. You got to keep it under 11. If you can get another performance there like they did at Baylor when they only had eight turnovers, I mean, that that's a huge plus for a game like this. But as JT mentioned, they are coming. This is a Kansas team who lost to a decent, at best, UCF team and then a West Virginia team who is still starting to put pieces together after all the eligibility issues. And, I mean, for people who didn't do their research on the West Virginia team, they were without their starting center in the Syracuse transfer and Jesse Edwards for that matchup. So they were playing without him for the last three weeks now. He's still not back. But West Virginia snuck out a big win at West Virginia versus the number three team in the country. So, I mean, Kansas has proven they're beatable. But this is where the Allen Fieldhouse effect comes into play because I was actually talking to somebody down in in the lobby of my hotel earlier, and he was like – he was all decked out in some Kansas gear, obviously, and I'm wearing a UC shirt. So he was like, hey, man, like, what's your what's your thoughts on the game tomorrow? And he was like, man, like, I just got a feeling Kansas is going to come in mad as can be after their loss to West Virginia. And, I mean, it's a valid a valid reason. I mean, this was the number three team in the country, and they're probably going to fall at least to number eight, in my opinion. There's a chance they might even fall out of the top ten with how this week has gone. But this is a Kansas team that's going to come come ready to play. So they got to find a way and they got to weather the storm. That's something that the Bearcats and Wes Miller has mentioned. They know the storm is coming here in Lawrence, but they're going to have to find a way to weather it and how they respond is going to be crucial because if they get into a down 10, like they did at Oklahoma versus Oklahoma versus a Kansas team like that at Allen Fieldhouse, it, it's going to be hard to come back from that. Cause I think from what I was talk, hearing earlier, like it's a sellout, as expected, but it's also big, big Monday. So this game's on ESPN and it's a, a true environment. Not many people have played in like last time the Bearcats played Kansas for people who aren't wondering was 1996 and Wes Miller played here in Allen Fieldhouse in 2019 and 2020 season. So he has a familiarity with this arena, but it's definitely not an easy environment to play in. So I'm excited to see what the crowd's like here in uh, Lawrence tomorrow for this matchup, but the Bearcats, if you can knock your free throws down, you can win the battle of the glass or just eliminate the offensive rebounding from Kansas. It, as JT mentioned, don't hunt the three ball early. They've got to get a, you got to get a couple touches in the paint early. Uh, really kind of find ways to get Aziz Van Dago, Victor Locking going, but you can't hunt the three ball. If you hunt the three ball versus a very long and lengthy physical Kansas team, it, it could be a long night uh, shooting the three ball. So, they can't hunt that. They can't just go down there and chuck up shots. They're really going to have to play to their game. So, But those are the three main things on this one for the Bearcats to come away victorious in Allen Fieldhouse on Monday night. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. All right, so i got a couple things. Um, you know, Neil, I know you said um, you talked a little bit about Kansas, some of the losses and all that. But at the end of the day, they're 9-0 at home. I think that's like you said at Allen Fieldhouse. That's the difference. They're nine and zero at home. <clears throat> Going into this, I did not expect the Bearcats to win this game, um, and I, I'm still leery that the Bearcats will go in and win this basketball game. I'd be happy <clears throat> if uh, they competed um, at a high level until the end. However, I will say this: <clears throat> I think they can win this game. If they do one thing at a high level, they have to force Kansas into 20-plus turnovers. If they force Kansas into 20-plus turnovers, the Bearcats will win this basketball game, in my opinion. They don't. I think we're going to have a hard time winning this basketball game. I just think that environment and, – and, that, and that's why I can understand some of the Bearcat fans are disappointed in some of these other losses because it's like, Damn, we could have won that game versus Oklahoma. 
damn, we could have won that game versus Texas because you know when you go at Kansas, yeah, it's going to take a lot to win that basketball game. And and I'm just going to be honest. Um, and I'm a I'm a Bearcat homer. I'm biased, but I'm gonna be honest. This is a game that we're going to have to do something exceptional to win, and that is force them into 20 plus turnovers. I, I think that's going to be the key. The Kenyon segment keys to the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. All right, so here's the hot topic. All right. Now, you see this season, back to Jordan, love it. They have worn the white Jordan uniforms. They have black Jordan uniforms. They have the red um, alternate uniforms, which are dope. Look beautiful on the court. I think they wore them for a home game. I forget how many games ago it was. I don't. I don't remember. But they, was was, yeah. oh, they looked absolutely beautiful on the court. Um, they just recently wore the white uh, throwbacks, uh, which I love those. Yeah. Now my question. I'm gonna start with you, JT. If Grand Jordan could do any Bearcat throwback uni of the past. Which ones would you want to see? All right, I'm gonna go the championship unis. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why see, is that? The OG. It's so they so they plain, but it's cool. Like you know what I mean. Like sometimes less is more. Sometimes I think that would be a good change up occasionally. You know what I mean? Yep. They clean block. You know the block letters number. Boom. I think Jordan Brand would do a good job with it. Yeah, and, and I like that, and it brings back that championship feel. I think they, I think they ran. I think it was it. Did Adidas run those back in the I day? I think Adidas might have. That might have been the fight year, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it was the fight year. I think they, they had wore them that year. Yeah, I think you're right because they wore them at the the U.S. I think it was the U.S. Bank Arena at that time. Yep. Yep. Um, for a game, I believe, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's but what I he had. Like, that was the fight. That was the fight jerseys. So I think yeah. that'll be pretty dope to see to see what uh, Jordan Brand is, what twist they could put on them. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Neil, did you Google any uh, bootleg? No. <laughs> Inside <laughs> joke, folks. Inside jokes. Inside. But <laughs> I'm gonna roll with the the 1958 Oscar Robinson uniforms, the all black with the Cincinnati across the chest with the white numbers underneath i think if they could recreate those it not only brings out the history of the program and the jordan uniforms but any obviously jordan wasn't around back then but if you smack a jordan logo on that uniform it's going to draw a lot of attention and the unique factor for that one is if you go into fifth third arena and you look up above the student section you see all the former uh players who are inducted in the hall of fame and one person up there is oscar robertson so if you Look at those jerseys, the 1958 ones. It gives you the reminder of Oscar Robertson, which is a great tribute to a Bearcat legend, in my opinion. So I think that would be a an interesting matchup in a uniform combo. But I will say this, Meech. You talked about the throwbacks this weekend. Those were fire. Those were fire. I know a lot of people were upset, uh, upset that they didn't say the cats on the front. I promise you. Once you got an up-close-and-personal look of the ones they wore on Saturday, those were a lot cleaner than the ones with the cats from last year with the Under Armour logo, but that was the, the Under Armour yeah. brand. But I, I really like those white throwbacks that they wore on Saturday. Nice, nice. I like I like your selection too, Neil. I, I like that. I think that I like the way you presented that with us, the uniform Oscars wearing up in the, you know, uh, retired jersey. Um, I guess picture or whatever in the in the arena. So I, I do like that. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. So um, I'm gonna take it back, um, not as far as you guys, but back. And I think Neil, you mentioned the, so the Bearcats played Kansas in what'd you say '96? '94. You said '96 no, was the last time. '96 was the last time. 
Yeah, you said 96. So yeah, 96 at the I, United Center. Yeah, I, I think I remember. I think Paul Pierce and Ruben Patterson played in that game, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think that was the game Paul Pierce played in. Am I right? Am I, or am I totally wrong? Neil, I need you to look that up. Make sure was I'm Pierce not. 96? All right. Wait, am I, am I capping? Kobe draft? Am I capping or what? Would you look that up? Look up the yeah. last. See if Ruben Patterson played in that game and Paul Pierce played at Kansas. I could be capping, but um about to test about to test this memory here of mine. Um now, now I'm now I'm really I'm really trying to remember this. Because it was yeah, at, he was on the 98. Paul Pierce was on the 98 squad. No, but did no. My question is, did he play in the '96 that that game versus? Oh, he the might Rangers? have. He might have. He's, he's a rookie in '98, so he might yeah, have. Yeah, he should have. Yeah, look that okay. up because I'm pretty sure there was a picture of Reuben Patterson and Paul Pierce on the court together because that was before I was at at UC. But I thought I remember that game. So um, that leads me to the uniforms that I would like to see oh, come yeah. back. Maybe. Are the Danny Fortson era Nike uniforms? So it would be from that game, that that nineteen ninety six uniform, the one that had the, you know, when the stripe goes um, on the butt. Pause. Um, you know that I, I, the black, but it's got to be the black version of those. The black version was tough. Um, I like the white; they were okay, but man, the black, oh, those were those were tough, man. That was. That was when Kenyon was first eligible because he was a Prop 48. Uh, Do they even have Prop 48 nowadays? No, nah, that was a – man, we can go on and on about that rule. It was a it was a bad rule, and there were some discriminatory things involved in that. For sure. That, they did big dog like that too. Yeah, they 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 they, they got rid of that, thankfully. Thankfully. Neil, did you, find, did you find that, Neil? Yeah, he played there for 95-96 season, 96 to 97 and then 97 to 98 was his 3 years at Kansas. But what what are you doing that game against the Bearcats? You're supposed to find give, give me the give me the you supposed to give me the stats, Neil, you're the stats guy. Um I'm looking. I'm looking. Find find the stats on the game. But I, I tell you JT, if they, if they could remake that uniform and throw the Jordan logo on there, take the yeah. Nike off. Man, I think those would be I think that those are tough next year. Yeah, that would be. And then you bring Danny Fortson back and get him in attendance. That'd be fire. Right? That'd be fire. Have him there that game that 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 they were those. Yeah, place, that'd be tight. Place goes crazy. But you know, here here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of like I think like the Bearcat history, man. We've had so much swag over the years, man. So many, I think, dope uniforms, iconic looks. Um, just just so many dope. We we can go back. Lloyd Bats when he played, the uniforms from back in those days, and and just just so many. But you know what's crazy is like back in those days, um, I, I'm pretty sure both the uniforms you guys talked about, they wore belts. You remember that? That's crazy. They played the belt. That's some sixty stuff for real. Wearing a belt while you hooping. Like, hold on, let me put my belt on. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Well, yet, you put on your uniform. You like, man, I gotta go to the bathroom. Hold on, real quick. And you unbuckle. Your- yeah. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like what? Crazy. Like I thought I was playing baseball. Got you know, a belt. That's bonkers. I, crazy. I need to. I need to do a history. I, I need to get the history on the last year of the actual belt like yeah when, when they start going to like the elastic and and all that good stuff and yeah yeah true and all that got rid of the got rid of the belt but you know what that might be it on the throwback uniforms they rock the belts that'd be crazy they might have to <laughs> ban that though it's imagine going to the hole and your belt break <laughs> you get fouled somebody fire your belt break man that's embarrassing man at least they got tights and stuff nowadays, so they might be, he'd be all right. But because you see the ref, be, ref like line, at the free throw line, the ref's like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta buckle your belt real quick." Now, hold on, man. The buckle, <laughs> then it's probably like a metal part. That's probably a hazard, man. Somebody foul, break their knuckle, <laughs> hit your wow. belt, hit the belt buckle part. You know, break what? Knuckle. 
like I really want to know if the Bearcat, like the history of the Bearcat stuff, if they still have those uniforms from back in the day. Like not not all of them, but just at least like a couple, right? A couple. Like man, I got. I need to. Next time I'm over there, I'm gonna try to ask the equipment folks if they are somewhere. It'd be dope to have a museum actually in the arena of like old uniforms and and stuff like that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Ah, right, man, let me make that recommendation. See what they say. It'll be tight. Might get shot down. Neil, you get your <laughs> research done? I'm struggling to find it. Cincinnati's website only goes back to 1999. Of course, the one year that uh, Pierce played Ruben was 1998. I'm having to do a little more. No, no, no. It wasn't 98. It wasn't 98. They did not play in 98. I was playing in 98. We did not oh, play. Oh, 97, 97. My bad. 96. It had to be 96 because I was there in 97. So it had it, it had to be well listen, Neil, when you find it, think, we'll uh, we'll go over it next podcast because you look like you're struggling there. Yeah, you I am struggling. I'm trying to find it right now. You're squinting your eyes and like you're like struggling right now. You're, it's late. Yeah, the it's website late. I'm looking at only has two games listed for that season, so I'm struggling right now. Well, hold on. Yeah. Let's see. I'm gonna find it though. All right, I need you to find I need you to find I need you to find uh, Paul Pierce's stats, Ruben's stats, and uh, damn, I think we lost that game. Yeah, we did lose that game. I don't know what Kansas was ranked at the time, but obviously it was it was pretty high, if I remember correctly. All right, that's your job for next podcast, Neil, okay? I got you. Get on it. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high-quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartments, Pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513 388 7816 or contacted online at visionarycleaners.com. And by the way, shout out my guy Derek Adams, aka DA, uh, owner of Visionary Cleaners. He accompanied me to practice on uh, Friday. Um, we had a great time, and, and, and DA used to play football for the Bearcats. Um, and let me tell you how cool Wes Miller is. So I take DA to practice. We watch all of practice after it's over. Uh, Wes does a lot of like this little media stuff he had to do with ESPN and all that to prep for the game. And then after that, he sat down with, with DA and I and talked for like 25 minutes. And Derek was like, damn, man. He was like, that was really cool that he took that much time the day before a game, sit down and, and talk and like genuinely asked DA like, Man, tell me about when you played here. What 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 are you doing now? What'd you do after you played? Blah blah blah. And it was just really genuine. He's having a good conversation with them. And and uh, West was like, "Hey man, you're welcome anytime. Man. I know you played football, but you know you're a Bearcat. Period. You're welcome here anytime." And Da was like, "Damn, I appreciate that." So shout out my guy West Miller, man. If there's anybody that questions that man, trust me, he is the perfect guy to lead this program. JT's nodding his head. For sure. Nah, for sure. I had um what's that Texas game? I took my boys. They came, they came down here and it was an oppressor. He was like, man. He said, man, he could have threw his team. He could have threw. I think that's when uh talking about, your, talking about your about your sons. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, Wes could have threw him under the bus, man. Who who wouldn't want to play for him? Like, you know what I mean? He was like, like he wasn't having it. And he was like, Man, he's that's man, who would want to play for him? Like, you know what I mean? Like he's a 14-year-old kid. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed. On Bearcat Game Days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast. We will be live at Meals on January 31st from 5:45 to 6:45 p.m. before the West Virginia away game during our podcast live. If you're a Bearcat fan, come on out. We're going to get you on the pod, let you ask some questions. We're going to have a lot of fun. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services for friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it. Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, 
Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online, DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats!